Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! What? Look at you all married. Married guy! We have we have very similar rings, my friend. We do, wow, because almost, guys are exactly really boring. Oh, look Listen, at here's the thing. Uh, you know, I uh, we do undivorced, 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 undivorced. I think I think I can say this. I got a text message from uh, from someone in the six o four who works for the Canucks. BC. Yeah, Rachel Dory. Oh. Uh, she said she said in the divorce voice, marriage. Anyway, she said, congrats, you deserve it. So, really nice. I got some great messages. Thank you so much for them. Explain! Um, Explain! (laughs) Okay, so what happened was, I planned a house party, or a housewarming party, six months in advance. Now, we've lived in this house for like 18 months, and people were like, what? We're like, well, it's really just like an excuse to get people together. It's not in the middle of the summer. We want September, nobody does anything, so we're like, let's do a little September barbecue thing, Mm -hmm. and it'll it'll be a chance for friends and family to get to know each other, because Natalie and I started seeing each other in, you know, the, the depths of the pandemic, so... A lot of our family hadn't met. A lot of our friends haven't met. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know uh, what it what it actually was, and we had planned this in advance. Was it was a uh, we got married on August sixth of, of this year. Uh, so literally, I think it was the week that we wrapped on. It was we on wrapped the, on the Wednesday. We filmed two episodes. That we did the calculation. Oh, you did. Okay. So you got married on the Saturday after we wrapped on the Wednesday. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And Jesse and I did not know. No, you didn't. No. Uh, nobody knew, actually. Our parents didn't know. Uh, well, even it was a surprise to them no, as well. No, they, they weren't there. They weren't, they were not, nobody was there. Wow. Yeah. The only people that knew, and because we had to, was because uh, was um, Lauren's sister, I guess it's my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law now. I have to get used to saying that. Um, and the only reason we, we told them was because we had to bring somebody to witness it. Because we, we called City Hall and they're like, well, who's going to be your witness? And we're like... Do we have to? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> it's the legal part of it. Uh, so, um, so that's why I did it. And, and the, the thing is, is like, obviously, um, you know, uh, weddings are a gigantic pain, as, I, as I'm sure you remember. Yeah. And we wanted to avoid all the gigantic pain stuff and just enjoy the day and then get away from our honeymoon on, in, in Mexico, which is what we did. And then tell our parents when we got back, which is what we did. And then... Tell all our friends when they were all together in uh, in the house, and that's that was sort of the thing. So, um, so I saw some comment about you guys not being the best men or something like that. I'm like, these guys are already fucking groomsmen in my first wedding. Like, yeah. clearly, <laughs> like I, they've already they've already done their part. Okay, uh, it was more like it was it was nobody was going to know because it was just going to be hours for the first six weeks. And to be honest with you, I really liked that. It was kind of cool to just have it. It wasn't like oh, we're lording the secret over people, but it did feel like. Nobody, we got exactly the wedding we wanted. Oh, I could tell. Like everything was really, it was just joyous, casual too. Mm -hmm. That too. So the, before I want to ask about the day, like when you went down to city hall, because afterwards you went to like Casa Loma, I saw from the photos. So we go down to, before you do that, uh I want to know about the planning and how this came to fruition because you started planning this party back in March. So when did you decide to do this secret wedding and then all plan it out. And then when did you guys decide? So we knew stuff? we were going to get married about a year ago. Um, we just, one day we were talking and, and it's funny. 
you have um you have these conversations with people and it's weird they kind of come out of nowhere so we're like going to sleep and having this conversation and um we're talking about how we wanted to stay together forever as people do or want to do sometimes. You know, they, they got a word for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and so on our first date, we both said to each other, I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm ever getting married again. She's like, great. Cause I have no, no interest in ever getting married. But then, you know, you're, you're, you're all of a sudden you're in, in, in each other's lives and we live together and we, we, you know, uh, we're, we're forming this life together. And, and I looked at her and I said, like, I don't want to be 65 and be like, this is my girlfriend. You know what I mean? I've been, this is my girlfriend of 30 years. You know, I, I wanted it to be, well, is it my partner? And then if it's, okay, so she's my partner. How do I show people that she has a very special place in my life? Well, and then I said, I looked at her, I was like, do you, do you want to just get married? And she's like, yeah, I think, I think, I think we should do that. And it was sort of like, both of us were like, really, really? Um, so then when we started to plan it, Jesse, um, we knew uh, we were going to do that. So we planned the party first. And then we planned the actual ceremony, like the, the this is how much this mattered. The party mattered more than the actual ceremony um, and got all the paperwork and stuff together. And then, uh, uh, and then we, and we got our rings made by uh, Sue, my girl at Direct Diamond, Sue, Sue at Direct Diamond. She's great. Uh-huh. So, um, and actually there's a, Sue. there is a, I uh, also have a diamond person. Shout uh, out Sue. Sue rules. <laughs> if you want Sue's contact, message me because she makes beautiful rings. But uh, Natalie had a, um, an inscription put on the inside of the ring and then there's the date of our wedding does it say sports are fun it doesn't say sports. it should <laughs> it, it should <laughs> uh but but the, <laughs> she got the date wrong so <laughs> no no it's the, the right date now but i looked at it and it said oh nine oh nine 22 and so that would have been september 9th oh no and i looked at i looked at sue i was like ah uh, that's not our we're at oh eight 06 or 0608 depending upon oh, what you oh date on. so yeah it was august 6th so then yeah so we planned the party we invited people it's funny i remember inviting jackson tj and they're like we have to talk about this on the air this is so stupid why are you inviting us to a housewarming party you've lived in this house a year already uh and like and i was like well i'm trying to be respectful of your time and uh uh and then they both forgot and neither of them made it so (laughs) and jack's on the air this morning was like i was so upset i cannot believe i didn't make it but you know it's it's just the way it goes right when you have a surprise wedding you have to expect people are not going to take you seriously or they're going to think it's an engagement party which i think most people thought it was Mm -hmm. and i thought it was a marriage you did steve nailed it did you think it was a marriage before you walked in my front door Mm, i thought it was a wedding that we were coming to okay and like then, you thought i was there was gonna be like a service mm-hmm. yes but then the second i walked in the door and i'm if you've seen the social media posts i saw natalie's dress i went they're married <laughs> they got married and they're done with that they're married well yeah. the, the no offense to the service part uh but but the the fun part's the reception oh right i had a great time on no sleep. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, you. Because I love you. <laughs> it's funny because I love you, Adam Wilde. In what was it, March when you invited everybody? April, March. Yeah, uh, I had no idea. I th- I genuinely thought it was a housewarming. Oh, that's cool. I and like then that. So only I, yeah. within the last like week, when I started talking about it with Steve, did we kind of suspect that something was going on. And I thought, yeah, it was either that day you were getting married that day or engagement. Right. And I, I had no idea you would have already been married. That, it blew my mind. I, I had a mini panic attack because Steve was going to be in Vegas. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and you when you asked me to switch the flight, I'm like, ah, they're married. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> they're, they're getting married. I was like, I was like, I need. I was like, Steve, I hate to be difficult, but you need to be at this party. <laughs> oh, it's all right. It was, it was a lot of fun. So I got yeah. on the plane at three o'clock in the morning, Toronto time, in Vegas. Landed at seven. Slept from nine to noon. Got up fresh as a daisy. Let me tell you. God bless you. Came to the party. It was it was great. I warmed yeah. up though. You powered guys, by beer you guys were great and it was uh 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 mrs dangle showed up after taking leo to his very first blue jays game <laughs> in a jays jersey in jays jersey uh, she's like i'm gonna change i'm gonna change i'm like <laughs> i don't care like it's a it's supposed to be like a barbecue feel um the only thing i said to um uh to her she's like how do we dress for this and i'm like <laughs> i'm like don't let steve show up at his burton ernie shirt which he showed up twice for in the shows last week <laughs> say it we recorded shows monday and tuesday we released the tuesday show wednesday and steve's wearing the same shirt I in both of them i don't know i don't pay it <laughs> oh, that close the floor, attention. put it on 34 and had <laughs> i not been in vegas i would have got this done because sl told me that little piece of feedback he gave her adam wild so i looked into getting up a, a like a button-up shirt with a giant burton ernie oh my back. god i still think i need to get it, it would, adam what did you wear to your own wedding I wore a okay wedding so, in the reception. Reception. What color was the collar? <laughs> yeah, I never said collar. What, 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 All I said was no. What brand were your sweatpants? Uh, they were not sweatpants. They were <laughs> linen pants, and they were nice linen pants. And the shirt was Armani. And a t-shirt. Yeah, it was an Armani t-shirt. Oh, Natalie wow. was like, "You should wear that shirt," and I was like, "Okay, well, if you say so." T-shirt and sweatpants, guy. Guys, it was not a t-shirt. Um, so back to the day of you actually get married. Yes. So you go to City Hall, and then after what? What did you do? SL showed me the text message, and it says, "A nice caller." <laughs> <laughs> you son of a gun! And you did wear a nice collar. I sure did. And then probably spilled beer on it, and was like, "Can I borrow a t-shirt?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, it's nice being the same size. So after <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. Your guys's like ideal wedding day. You did everything you wanted. So yeah. after City Hall, what happened? Well, so we w- actually, what was funny is that uh, we're we're trying to leave from the Ritz Carlton, and what City Hall says to you is, um, "If you're not here, we'll move on." Like you don't get married today because they because I guess <laughs> what happens is a lot of people show up late because oh, wow. you know. Uh, grooms are late brides are late people are getting ready moms dads whatever they're trying to shove everybody in that tiny city hall room where you get married um and so we had a six o'clock saturday night marriage time and they're like if you're more than 10 minutes late you're not getting married my cousin stood at the altar for an hour because the his wife's limo driver took a wrong turn no yeah yeah holy (laughs) that's kind of scary why did they walk him down the aisle uh, he could have sat down. I don't know what he was doing. If somebody, I hope somebody sent a text message and said, hey, just a heads up. She is coming. Yeah, I don't, I don't think <laughs> like, he had his phone on him. Oh, my God. No, no, it, yeah, communication was, is important. There was communication. Okay, good. So so uh, we're, we're leaving because we decided we're like, you know what? If we're going to do this, it's our wedding. And we're spending almost nothing on this, right? Like we bought, I bought a nice suit, which I have not had since before the pandemic. So I have now a suit. Mm-hmm. Hey. And it fits me, which is good because my other suits didn't. You know, bodies change. Um, and then uh, Natalie bought a dress, and then we're like, you know what? Why don't we stay in a nice hotel? So we stayed at the Ritz Carlton, and because it's our wedding, what what the hell? Yeah. So the makeup person shows up and and does Natalie's makeup and does her hair, and uh, and I'm just sitting playing computer games and watching Real Housewives because that's what Natalie wanted to have on before our wedding, and like just sitting in the hotel room talking to them like nothing's going on. And then so we get ready, we get dressed, we get downstairs, and we have two Ubers cancel on us. Woo! 
consecutively. Yeah, because we're trying to get an Uber to City Hall, which is, I'm not kidding, five minutes drive away. And so now we're sweating because it's like everything's been going great. And now it's like, oh shit, if we run late, we're totally screwed. So we, we, uh, uh, we've thankfully got there on time. We ran in, we go up the elevators or whatever. And, uh, and this is a total gentleman, a bit of a thick German accent comes in. He's like, hello, are you doing your wedding? And like, whatever. And does, he, and it's so funny, right? Cause it's like, again, it's real bare bones. They bring out like a CD player from the late nineties. Where you can see the CD spinning, and they run the like they run the music or whatever, and then um, and it was great. And we didn't have a photographer; we didn't do any of that. So we have a bunch of pictures that were like shots that we took. We go, we we leave. The next wedding party is waiting. All the and they were like, "Hey, congrats!" And we're like, "You too!" Uh, and uh, it was just kind of weird, right? It's like a yeah. one wedding after another, and then yeah, we went to Blue Bloods, which is in Castleoma here in Toronto. I'd never been, and what was so cool? I don't know if you've if you've never been to Castleoma in Toronto, which I n- I'd never stepped foot in the building. I'd been once a few um, years ago. Yeah, everybody's getting married there in the summer. So there's a picture of us. There's pictures of us all over Castleoma from on my Instagram. But one of them's in front of this old caddy, this old Cadillac from the '80s. And somebody, a few people, like knowing I'm a car guy, are like, "Where did you get that Cadillac?" Who did you borrow that from? I'm like, I didn't. It was someone else's wedding and we just took a picture in front of it. <laughs> so, like, perfect thing for me. Like, super cheap. And uh, the one thing they do at Casa Loma that's oh so God. cool is if you order the Caesar salad, they bring a big bowl and they make the Caesar salad in front of you, but yeah. they do it in, like, layers. It's big it's presentation like a, Oh, there. yeah. Did you see anything get set on fire? There's something that they set on they, fire. There's, like, a souffle or something yeah. that they do. I don't. I didn't get that. We got set steaks. It on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just liked it and went, oh, uh, <laughs> oh you want to order that? No, uh, no, it's, it's cooler from over there. All right. <laughs> so, on. yeah. And then, we, but when, when we did leave City Hall, the one thing that was awesome was there's a gigantic Vietnamese festival happening right there. So there might have been 10, 15,000 people out front just milling around. Uh, so we got a bunch of pictures in that and it was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful August Sunday or Saturday night. And, um, and then we had the, uh, and then we had the party. So it was great. You're all grown up. I know. All grown up again. I did on the flight to Vegas. Uh, I didn't write anything down, but I planned a loose speech in case you uh, th- threw that at me. I oh, I wouldn't sure. have put you in that position. Well, I don't know. I was like, okay, well, I'm flying home for this. So, I don't, I don't so what know. did you have prepared? Oh, I was just going to talk about how you guys are made for each other and you're still goofy honeymoon you know, head over heels for each other. You just loving little lovers. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a really bad. Speech. I know you just. Yeah. I hope you wrote that down. <laughs> well, it would have been better than that. Can we get that on a shirt, Jesse? Just that you loving the. I don't lovers? think anybody well, should wear that shirt. It's just the first letter of every word of my speech <laughs> across the shirt. Yep. Nope. That's made. That's already made. Someone's oh made it. Um, Nick, it, uh, producer Nick. There was a clip from the CJ show, and he was like, "How the." How did someone take this already and meme it? Yeah. People are the, the, crafty. They're very quick. Very, very quick on the draw. Yeah. So uh, so that's what happened. And then before that, you were in Henderson, Nevada, my friend. Yeah. Home so, of the Henderson Silver Knights. How did, how did the whole NHL thing go? On, I, I have to say, I could not be more pleased with how it went. Seriously. Like, work trips, uh, there's going to be breakage. <sighs> There's going to be things that don't go your way. There's going to be scheduling hiccups. I honest to God couldn't be happier. Great. That's awesome. I can't wait to see this stuff. 
I mean, either <laughs> we, so it was, it was obviously two days and, uh, I had a co-host Emily Agard and what we basically did was every, almost every player, we didn't play this with every player, but almost every player came in and we played Pictionary, which is hockey related Pictionary. And it was a hit. Yeah. Players loved it. In fact, so we started day one with Trevor Zegris. Oh yeah. And I should say after Pictionary. Uh, Emily and I would rotate splitting the guests. So she does Trevor Zegris and he was really great with the Pictionary. He was great with the, with the questions. Second was Jake Ottinger, who was the biggest player who we interviewed and one of the most handsome human beings I've ever seen in my life. I don't even know what Jake looks like. Exactly. Because he's a goalie and always hidden behind the mask and that will become relevant in a moment. Um, but, uh, what he oh, did, handsome. I yeah. think it was him. I'm not totally sure. But basically, all these players are getting run around, and some of them are tired because it's early, or they're tired because it's late, and you're the 20th thing they've done that day. A player, I think it was whoever came after Jake Ottinger, was like, hey, like, what, what can I expect in this room? And Ottinger goes, oh, no, you're, you'll like it. It's a lot of fun. And that's great because it, it makes its way down the conga line and word spreads. And when they get to our room, they're like so ready to have fun. Darcy Kemper was like alarmingly nice and friendly. There, really? there, there were two players where I was like, I, I don't think I've ever met them, but they're, they're acting like I'm their best friend. And I don't, that's great. Like way above and beyond, including the third guy we had that day. So Mark Messier, remember I told you, no, we didn't have Mark Messier. Remember I told you that we have a strict list of guests, but when I interviewed Patrice Bergeron all those years ago, he was a walk-in. Yes. He just walked in and he was like, am I supposed to be here? And I lied and told him yes. And I got an interview out of it. So third player of the day after Jake Ottinger, he walks in. I don't recognize him. I, I recognize his face. I don't know who he is. And I've studied our list. Yeah. I studied our list. I know what I'm going to ask. I don't know who the other players are because there was no point allocating time to studying them because we weren't going to get them. So this guy walks in. I recognize his face. I go, okay. I'll know him as soon as I introduce myself. I go, hi, I'm Steve. He shakes my hand. He goes, hi, I'm Jeremy. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) No idea who this person is. And we're like about to start five, four. And with the, uh, my little sports net card blocking my face, I look at Emily. I go, who is this? Mm. And she goes, oh, here, 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 wait, 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 wait. And she comes up to me with her phone and she goes, you should ask him this question. And she types Jeremy Swayman. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God bless. That's amazing. Really smart. But as soon as she did that, I'm like, oh, it's Jeremy Swayman. I know all about Jeremy Swayman, but I hadn't again. He's a goalie. Yeah. So it's not like I studied Jeremy Swayman's face. Um, if you saw Jeremy Swayman at Loblaws, you wouldn't be able to recognize no, him. No, no, no. And like, I under, <laughs> I knew who Jake Ottinger was because I'm like, yeah, he's the biggest one here. There, yeah. is, there he yeah. is. That six five guy <laughs> with the biggest dome, the oh, yeah? biggest dome in the world. What about Adam Wild? No, no. That's that's you pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. Those are regular cranium. No, this is he has to have the biggest goalie mask in human history. I, I've never probably, met Ben Bishop, but. Okay. Has, oh, 
huge. Anyway, well, but handsome. There's so much handsome on the good big for it. By the way, I just want to say Emily coming through in the clutch there. Yeah. A little spotlight needs to be made for that. So, so clever. And yeah, I just had to thank her over and over again. Um, everyone came ready and willing to play. It was so nice. Like everyone just made my job easier. No one's lost a game in months, right? So mm-hmm. everyone's in a good mood. We got Matthews. We got Riley. Um, I like that. No one's lost a game in months. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No lost a game There's in that months. hope of the new season, right? Yeah. Like all-star, you got voted there. You didn't necessarily sign up for this. And, uh, you'd rather be on vacation mid-season. You'd 100% you'd, rather. You'd rather be Ovi who just says, fuck the all-star game. Yeah. I'm going to Hawaii. Yeah. And there's some, there's some, you know, the rookies are like, oh, okay, this is kind of fun. I will say, um, sometimes I forget how young these guys are because I listened to, I didn't get to talk to this person in Vegas, but sorry, Henderson, I didn't get to talk to this person in Henderson, but, uh, American Frege did an interview with Quinn Hughes, a completely different person from the guy I talked to in St. Louis. No kidding. Like mm-hmm. just so much more confident and sure of himself. And he was a rookie when, when I spoke to him, he, yeah. w- he didn't want to make waves. I go, who's the weirdest guy in the Canucks? And he goes, Oh, I don't know. I think we're all, you know, tight knit group or whatever. Elias Pettersson comes in 20 minutes later. I go, who's the weirdest Canuck? He goes, Oh, Quinn Hughes. No question. <laughs> <laughs> right away. You would have talked to him when he was like 19. Yeah. 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 And now he baby. comes in and he's, he's really not much older than that. He's like 22. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you do change a lot in those years. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Um, by the way, I heard uh, this morning that they're actually, he's potentially cause the Canucks couldn't upgrade their right side. He's potentially moving over. Oh, really? Yeah, because he's been oh. practicing on that all year, so they're going to give it a shot at camp. I just thought that was really interesting. That Where, is interesting. Like, he's their objectively their best defenseman, and it's like, you know what? Why don't we try you on that side, Let's then? Let's make it harder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. thought that was cool. To, so, to it was, so, it was successful and fun. Yeah. And like, no drama, which and, I love. And, you know, got to talk to new Rangers captain Jacob Truba. New Habs yes, captain Nick he's Suzuki. he's the captain of the Rangers. I forgot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, wow. Which Leafs? Uh, Matthews and Riley. Oh. So it's a shame because I'm not going to get to talk to them tomorrow at Leafs Media Day because the agreement is basically, all right, you bug us. You bug us at one event. You don't get to bug us at the mm-hmm. other, which that makes I perfect sense. I get that. Sense. Well, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't sense. want them twice. Right? No, but it does mean I get Marner, mm-hmm. I think. So this is this is the other thing with all this news today. I don't, I don't know what you're transitioning into, but um, with... Lilligren and Engvall, who are both on our list, like, I don't know if they're going to be there. I will say Jason Robertson was initially supposed to be on our list for uh, Henderson. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get to talk to him because that gentleman is not under NHL contract. Oh, right. Right. So, of course. I mean, it makes sense that he wasn't there. Um, actually, I'm not going to transition right into the Leafs right now. I'm going to transition into You Can Bet That because... Uh, there's something having to do with Mitch Marner in it. Right. And I think you're going to like this. So remember, it's 19 plus. Please play responsibly. So uh, we wanted to bring David on. Uh, and I hate to make this joke at the expense of David. Uh, but I don't. There's no internet in Winnipeg. And he's in Winnipeg. And he can't get good internet service. So it was <laughs> real choppy. And we we're like, bail. 
<laughs> so the Wi-Fi did not work, but he did want to pass this on to you. Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. <laughs> to be um, fair, he's out in the middle of a lake. He's not necessarily in downtown Winnipeg. Like what, on a boat? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> so let me ask you what you would take. The view. Um, there is a prop right now at sportsinteraction.com slash STPN. You can bet on Mitch Marner's points for the season. Over 99 and a half or under 99 and a half. What do you take? So he's never scored over 100 points, but he's scored at over 100 point pace like three times. Yes. Um, two of them were cut short, I think, for COVID. The last two seasons, yeah. And this past season, he scored it well above a hundred point pace, but he missed ten games. Yes. So it's similar. It's a similar conversation to Matthews, where um, I mean, it's there's so many factors that go into scoring sixty goals. I think I want to take the under here. I know. I think I want to take the under here because there's. So, there's so many things that go into a 60 goal season or a 100 point season, mm-hmm. and you need a few things in order for Marner to hit 100. Okay, you need Bunting to be better than he was, which that's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask. He had like 64, five yeah. points, and you need Matthews to score 60 goals again. You're gonna get some help on the power play. Marner developed. His shot, so he's going to be shooting more, but a goal is a point. I, oh, it's going to be a very close one. I'm going to go with like a repeat, like a 97. Okay. Jesse? <laughs> I think it's so close last year. I would definitely take the over that he's going to hit 100, I think. Uh, you're with that bet you're banking on everything going right like you said but scoring keeps going up and i think we can bank on the leafs having a very high high scoring offense uh once again and mitch martin is gonna be part of that i think he'll hit 100 and and up until last season like he was remarkably healthy he's playing in every game and the thing is that because his shot developed and i don't know if other teams will now adjust to this um his shooting percentage was up three percent three full percent last year from 12 8 to 15 8 he had 35 he goals. 15, eight? He shot 15-8 last year. I'm surprised he shot 12 previously. I know. I know. His, his career average is 12-1. I thought it'd be close to like nine. Yeah, right? that's, that's a narrative that uh, changed rather aggressively. It wasn't even that he couldn't score. It's just he couldn't score in the power play. Right. And then he and, figured it out. But then, you know, and, and so this is where I think the Leafs have a couple of things going for them this year, and this is why I'm going over. First off, their power plays... W- Better than it has been. Last year's power play was so, so, so Pretty much good. better. Yeah. Um, it, it was where we told you, like at the beginning of last season, if it's not in the top five, that's a failure. Yeah. It top, was in the top five. Top unit doesn't change either. Exactly. Yeah. And I think if you add 10 more games, uh, he gets close to that 40 goal plateau. Oh, yeah. Uh, because he played 72 last year. I don't see him not. Uh, he could do 60, 60 assists again. He did 68 assists. In 82 games in 1819 when he was playing Tavares full time. I was about to say a big factor is going to be uh, how Tavares does on the power play. Yeah. As well. Marner just throwing it into the slot and it's either a tap in or a banging crash. Yeah. So I'm going over. Okay. I'm taking over. All right. All I right. hope I hope he does. Okay. So again, it's sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. We're getting to the Leafs next. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have, there's been a lot that's happened since we last did our show Wednesday last week, right? A lot. Um, since I woke up this morning. I know. Like, so we're going to start with the this morning stuff. Okay. Um, and then we're going to do some yesterday stuff and then we're going to do some late last week stuff. Okay. So this morning stuff is, uh, and well, I guess Engvall was a little bit yesterday as well, but yeah. Timothy Lilligren, it looks like he's going to miss camp. CJ had both. Engvall is going to miss something. Is We're not sure how much yet. He's yeah, apparently hurt. They made it sound like both could be relatively long-term. Like, just by the wording. It, maybe it's nothing. Maybe they're back for game one. But didn't sound like it. Well, and it, as of this point, I don't think the Leafs have made a statement on it. Nope. They had just released the, the milk jerseys, and that's all we have. Oh, yeah. As the milk right. sponsor. Uh, Chris Johnston said they will update the status tomorrow when camp opens. Yeah, there you go. So, so, there you and go. you'll be there for it. I'll be there. I have no idea if I'm going to get to speak to them, and I'm not there for hard news anyway. So I don't. Mm. I don't know. That'll be up to uh, whoever we got there. Sean McKenzie, maybe. Probably yeah. Sean or Kyle Bukaskis, right? I well, know. I assume Friedman. And One of two. Merrick will be there too. Handsome people. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they'll probably be <laughs> too because they're everywhere. Yeah. So that said, um, you know, I think. That's that's significant. Now, <laughs> I did love uh, somebody tweeted at us this morning and said, uh, oh, man, Dubas convincing Lilligren to go on uh, LTIR is, is great stuff for Sandine signing his contract, <laughs> but he doesn't need to be on LTIR till game one. Um, I don't think they're close on Sandine. It looks like he's using um, a contract where a guy's making probably like a million bucks more per season than the Leafs want to pay him as a comparable. It was uh, Boquist, Boquist, right? Boquist, right. Yeah, Merrick were talking about that. So I, I think they're still pretty far apart on that jamie ben victor mete uh justin hall jordy ben jordy ben excuse me jordy ben victor mete and uh, justin hall are guys that can all slot in mm -hmm. so you know without those two guys who were arguably two of the best defensemen they had last year again i feel like the leafs need to have a little more trust in sandine um it's going to be very interesting coming out of camp to see where these spots because that's that's major if you're jordy ben or victor mete all of a sudden you're like yes there's my opportunity it's golden uh brody was playing a lot of left side last season but we know he's he can play right as well might even be more comfortable there so maybe you go back to riley brody hall can go back with muzzin and then maybe you have giordano on the left and yeah or sorry not on the left sorry on the right because i believe he can play both sides what's it's the hesitation with with giordano and riley playing together have they tried that I don't really think they have, and I think they definitely could for like short periods of time. Because I, I guess be... Gio probably couldn't handle the same miles that that Riley could, maybe. Yeah, but he's it's in also, amazing shape. It's also October. Oh well, it will be October anyway. Um, yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. Um, then it's then you can go Riley, Gio, uh, Brody, Muzz. with Muzzin, and uh, Hall with someone. Basically, yeah, um, interchangeable guy until somebody earns the spot. I think both Ben and Mate play both sides, so right? They're, they're fine. I'm really not 
overly concerned about the Lilligren thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Engval, I think, is actually going to be more difficult for them to manage. De- Jesse's got the depth chart up right now. And as it stands, I'm just going to pretend like uh, Kerfoot's staying on the team. Uh, Bunting and Kerfoot are in the uh, uh, on the top two lines on the left side. But then Engval is a very key part of the penalty kill, very key part of the third line. And under him, daily faceoff has Wayne Simmons. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough for a team uh, if they are trying to subtract Kerfoot. Yeah, Engval. People were talking about like the heir apparent, either him or Nick Robertson, for that top six spot. So if he's out for any significant amount of time, that's going to be a big hole in the Leafs lineup. Yes, we shouldn't be so quick to trade Kerfoot. Kerfoot's very useful yeah, to this team. I don't get that one either, Jesse. I, I think they've I, made the same realization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh, I think it'll be fascinating to see how that all breaks out. So the Kyle Dubas's comments we'll get tomorrow. Uh, we will be back with this show on Friday. Is that yes. our next show? Yeah. Friday this week? Sorry, so that's my fault. No, it's okay. Um, so that's sort of what we have from camp. Now, uh, I think much bigger news is obviously that um, you had three major retirements this morning. Um, Zidane Ochara, P.K. Subban, and Keith Yandel. And everybody's laughing at me at throwing Keith Yandel in there. But Keith Yandel was a force when Keith Yandel was at his height. He, that, he was an unbelievable he was player. He was like a 50-60 point defenseman. That's a lot, man. It's a it's lot. A lot. Rangers gave up a significant package uh, for him. Talked about that in the Martin St. Louis trade treat. He was, he, was a, he was a guy, man. He was a guy. And with that Iron Man streak. Oh, yeah. And, and everything. He, uh, yeah, don't remember him for being a healthy scratch on the Flyers. He had a pretty good career before that. Yeah, and I think the problem, I think a lot of people forget with Yandel is he played a lot of it in Arizona. And they didn't really get the the publicity. The, the publicity that perhaps they should have for some of those players. Some of those Mike Smith years, uh, those Keith Yandel years, some other players down there that uh, had amazing seasons uh, back in the day. And speaking of longevity, the other two guys who retired... Two defensemen who were at the top of their game, like two defensemen who uh, for at least one year were declared the best defenseman in their sport. I, Chara must have won a Norris. I don't remember when. I'll find out. He, he did win a Norris. Yeah. Only once? Nominated a bunch of times. Subban won a Norris mm-hmm. in the uh, lockout shortened season. But Subban, career cut short. 2009. 2009 is when wow. he won the North. Yeah. And he beat out Nicholas Lidstrom and Mike Green. And Nicholas Lidstrom won it six times. Never heard of them. Never, never heard of them. Uh, Subban, career cut short by at least half a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chara is 45. <laughs> so two guys oh. drafted 11 years apart. Chara was drafted in 1996. Subban in 2007 retired on the same day. And didn't I call this? Sort of. Like, we had the conversation. Yeah. Could Subban have played in the NHL this year? Yeah, absolutely. Like, in terms of ability, uh, could he have signed for league minimum? Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we know he's played through a lot of pain in recent years with the famed back injury and I'm sure a cacophony of, of other injuries. And for a guy who's been a star for as long as he has, I mean, it's probably just not worth it to go through a 82 game plus playoff schedule for league minimum. Mm-hmm. If you're a multi, multi, multi millionaire, he made like 
75, 80 million dollars in his career. Well, and I can imagine ESPN and TNT have already called him this morning and said, what do you want to do? Sportsnet, so, there's a Jesse. there's a show called <laughs> Eli's Places on ESPN right now. Um, I don't know if you saw over the weekend, there was a viral clip from one of the episodes where Eli Manning, uh, the quarterback, former quarterback of the New York Giants, he uh, dressed up in like costume and he went undercover as a recruit for like Penn State and he like tried out for the team. So oh, really? PK wow. has already signed a deal to create his own called uh, PK's Places. It's going to be equivalent to Eli's show. So that's already in the works. It's going to come out in 2024, With the And uh, the NHL has the rights to produce the series. There it is. So like, it's already it's already in the works. So you're, the why theory about your body again? Yeah, the you, theory about him signing deals is already it's already pen to paper. It's already been signed. You want to do that or you want to go in the corner with Jordan Stahl? Like, yeah. <laughs> by the way, the reason I brought him up, he was one of the guys I met on the player uh, tour. Holy shit. Big? He, if there was a biopic made about him, Brock Lesnar would play him. <laughs> he's enormous. Really? He's, you know, there's sometimes you meet a guy and you're like, eh, it'd be fun, uh, you know, in my fantasy world. It'd, it'd be fun to play in the National Hockey League. And then I met Jordan Stahl and I went, nah, lots of ways to make a living. <laughs> yeah there's lots of other ways to make a living there's plenty of things we could be doing he's he's got like olympic weightlifter leg sized forearms <laughs> like he's just wow. thick farm thunder bay boy thick yeah he's a terrifying individual who's extremely nice until you make him mad or you have to go in the corners with until him. you make him mad and a vet um, such a vet he was the only player to come into our room with no uh team representation Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, no one like tagged along with me. Ah, I'm Jordan Stahl. I know how to do this. <laughs> what are you going to tell, tell him? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, Zdeno, Zdeno Chara's effect on the game. I mean, this. what's fascinating about Zdeno Chara's career for me is that there are two teams that said, no, we'd rather have this player other than Zdeno Chara. And it starts with Mike Milbury with the New York Islanders. He wanted Yashin, Alexi Yashin so badly that he gave up Jason Spezza and Zdeno Chara, who both retired this year. He wanted wow. him that. That is, that is, and again, I feel like we need to do a, a series on the worst trades in NHL history. That's got to be top 10. It's, it's up there. Oh, dude, it's he's a, just a trat. Well, Mike Mil Milbury's uh, GM stint was not good. Um, he was GM of the Islanders for 11 years. That, it's crazy. 11 years. <laughs> and crazy. His, his hit list is the stuff of legend. Might go down as the worst GM in NHL history. And then and then you have the Ottawa Senators who had a choice when the salary cap was instituted. You have uh, seven foot two god Zdeno Chara yeah. or a guy that you drafted highly but is probably on the tail end of his career, Wade Redden. And they, they were and they took Wade Redden. As a duo, they were unbeatable. They were crazy. And the sun set on that. And I remember They chose the wrong guy. Well and I remember at the time thinking I was in I think we were in like Grade nine or something. It was like that's the wrong something call. Something like that. This you can't like Zidane Chara is just size alone. He was so Chara though signed for more. He signed for seven point five. Redden I want to say was six. That sounds like a negligible difference these days. Mm -hmm. You got to remember the cap was like fifty million something like that. And I mean they obviously picked the wrong guy, but. For a million and a half more, they'd take Chara every day. They every team. They should have. They should. I remember as a Leaf fan being like, all right, Bruins, go ahead and make that bet. 
I think it was 2007. Good bet. <laughs> and uh, they're going to get screwed, and they very did not. Yeah, no, they did great. He captained <laughs> them to a cup that? four years after they signed it. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was great that he signed the one-day contract today with the Bruins. Oh, he did? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah that's in, cool that they in his that. retirement post, he said, we, I signed a one-day contract, and I officially retired as a Bruin. I feel like more players should do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. I think it's but, a it's such a nice move. Yeah, it would have been nice to see today if PK signed the one day with the Canadians, and you know you kind of do a hug and make up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. After they did traded. congratulate him, they sent out a tweet. Oh, that's that's not the same. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be great if they could bring him back in in some capacity. I just don't know if that's gonna. All right, happen. if he even wants that, I don't know. But I I love that's the a Jeff Molson thing. Yeah, I love the one day contracts. It it warms my heart when I see retired mm-hmm. players do that. Yeah, I wish the Raptors Joe- have been able to do that with Vince. I don't know why that didn't happen. Yeah. That's another contentious conversation. Yeah, I mean, listen, know? I know he was he kind of left and was a jerk, but it's yeah. <laughs> still also inspired a whole generation of basketball players. So it's like what on balance, yeah. right? Um, it's it's uh, I'm picturing Joe Thornton right now. Like you guys are right, yeah. you should sign a one year contract as a farewell. He's going to sign with the Sharks, man. You think so? I do. No, well, why not? Like Eric Carlson didn't go there to lose, so get him in there. Um, Let's I think. Go. I think PK's impact is interesting as well because for the longest time, he was the only one with real personality. Like the last person I can remember who had quotes that stuck out, like in the NHL that really stuck out like PK's did. Obviously, there was there was Sean Avery, but his stuck out for like the wrong reasons. Yeah. Sean Avery, like they were always like, uh, he's being a shithead and they got to suspend him. Yeah. Uh, but But one guy I remember that really stuck out was Brett Hall. He could be. He was as outwardly critical of the game as mm-hmm. I've ever seen. He had a he had a personal brand. Like Brett Hall, people forget had his own brand, international brand of GT snow racers in the nineties. <laughs> he had his own GT snow racer. Look it up. It's Brett Hall with a mullet, um, and it's blue and white. St. Louis Blues branded and everything. That's that you. That never happens today. Um, and he and caught I, the same amount of shit for it. Caught no shit for yeah, it. Yeah. PK Subban. Uh, was electrifying as a rookie and, you know, all the way up until the back injury in started to kick in. Amazing. NHL debut in the playoffs. And and I think what was also cool is he was such a... Yeah, there you go. There you go, Jesse, throwing it up there. Anatomy of a winner. And it's your GT Snow Racer. It is sturdy, sturdy structure, sturdy structure, superior muscle control, superior steering control, patented steering mechanism, patented steering mechanism, dual operated foot brakes. There was there was a time in the our childhood GT where Brett Hull was on absolutely everything. Um, I have breaking news. Oh, oh! Nathan McKinnon is the highest paid player in the NHL. Put Twitter down, please. Whoa. Put Twitter down, please. Put Twitter down. Don't it's look. Not, it. It's open to Brett Hall. Okay, cool. <laughs> Put I, Twitter down. <laughs> Put it down. Put it. All right. Okay. How much money does Nathan McKinnon make? <laughs> this it's uh, we can only go so high. Because it's it's twelve point five for McDavid, and then the maximum is fourteen. I so believe. Uh no, I think the maximum is because what's sixteen? Because the cap's eighty one point five, and then the max is how much percentage? Thirty twenty something. Yeah. So the math he, is bad. Here's the number I had in my head this morning because I was actually thinking about this. His ridiculous sweetheart deal with the Avalanche was six point three. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to just clean double it. 12.6. That would put him over McDavid. Mm-hmm. I think it's higher than that. Yeah. My guess is 
Steve Dangle nails it. Twelve point six ah, million dollars. Twelve point six. It's wow. hundred grand more than McDavid. And nice. by the way, there are a bunch of people going. I thought he said he would take a hometown discount, guys. This is a hometown discount. Nathan McKinnon's worth fifteen or sixteen million bucks a year, and I keep thinking now Matthews and McDavid deals are gonna be oh. huge. Oh, McDavid's still three years away. Yeah, right. that's what, but that's what I mean. 2025, man, All that right. is going to be a crazy summer and McDavid's going to make like 16, 17 million bucks a year. Now, let me throw this out there. Okay, go ahead. He could have easily taken like 100,000 less uh, or 150,000 less. But who cares? On, on, no, wait though. Quinn Hughes was talking about his own contract negotiations on 32 Thoughts and, you know, what's the difference? 7.5, 7.2, 8.1. I'm still going to be like, rich right it's just millions of dollars does this not feel a little bit just a little bit like mc uh mckinnon is prices writing mcdavid yes a little bit because because quinn hughes said it's an ego play well i think i think first off um nathan mckinnon because his contract expired this year is the best or is going to expire sorry um uh is the best player available currently therefore if he's the best player available currently and he's like a top five player in the league he should be the highest paid and if i were him i would say listen i don't want to kill the avalanche here i know that we have salary cap constraints i want to keep this going for a long long time extremely competitive guy took forever to get here i want to be able to get players and whatever but at the same time i nathan mckinnon just based on when his contract was signed and how good he is should be the highest paid player in the nhl and he said i bet he said it to joe sack he's probably like listen you didn't get Kadri back, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that money's going to me. Yeah, I wonder if. Yeah, okay. If we can get something done with Nas, then you know, then maybe I'll help you out. A maybe little. we wait or something. Yeah, there, there. He he wouldn't have had to resign this year at all. He's gonna have to do some pretty heavy lifting, man. Like I think we talked about this recently. The Avalanche have guys up the middle. They don't have guys like Nas and Kadri. Like not even no. close. They don't at the moment have like a certifiable second line center on a contender. Yeah. JT Comfort did it for a time while Kadri was out. Um, But oh boy, he's going to have to do a lot of lifting. And I tell you what, how good does that make the Kale McCarr contract? Oh, it's That's a crazy deal. That's a crazy deal. He should be making just as much. But Nathan was making less than he should have for a long, long time as well. Right. Yeah. So 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 he's, he's making up, but this is the, you you talk about heavy lifting. Nathan McKinnon does the heavy lifting. Yes. From 17, 18, he has scored at around a hundred point a game or a hundred point a year. Can you imagine? He's never at a hundred point season. Never scored 40 goals once. This goes back to the Marner conversation. It's hard. It's He's, hard. But again, there's some injuries and stuff. Like last year, he easily would have had 100 points. He only played 65 games. Um, he came one point short in 18-19. Oh. And then the previous couple of years have been a bit of a mess. Like 1920, and I think we forget this, 69 games. He had 93 points, and then COVID hit. Unbelievable. Like, how long is the deal? The deal's eight years. Eight years, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. But it goes back to the Matthews thing when Matthews was like the greatest 50-goal scorer who had never scored 50 goals. And like Phil Kessel for all those years, he was a great 40-goal scorer who, who never, never scored, scored 40, 40 goals. Still Nathan never, McKinnon never scored 40. Never put up a 100-point season, even though all these years has been on pace. Just that's, never worked out. That's going to look so weird if that's how it ends. Like, there's no way. Never having one. There's no way. This, I mean, he's going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So like we'll have that... 
one day we'll do like a deep dive of his resume when it's all said and done. He has more 30 goal seasons than Patrick Kane did when Patrick Kane was named one of the top NHL players of all time. Wow. Just throwing that out there. Wow. That was three time 30 goal score of Patrick Kane at that how many, point. How many hundred point seasons? At that point, I don't know. I, I, I don't have Patrick Kane's up, but but uh, but uh, Nathan McKinnon so, has had one, two, three, four, thirty goal plus seasons. That would be such a good petty thing to do: is go back and look at some of the players who just scraped into the top one hundred list, mm-hmm. and then be like, "All right, how many players currently playing would be in there now?" Yeah, like Malkin wasn't on it. Get out of here! Shut up. Yeah, lists like that should be rotating lists. It's kind of like Rolling Stone has their 100 greatest albums or whatever, and they're constantly just updating it all the time. Like, that's how, oh. if you have 100 greatest NHL players, it's just be rotating. You're currently just putting guys in and out. Just to say you were on it for a time. Yeah, I know. Hey, I'm 99. <laughs> oh, I got dropped no. off. It's, it's like power rankings week to week, you know? <laughs> I was going to say, it's like whoever gets the famed 100 spot on the, the Hockey News' uh, 100 People of Power and Influence. I know Greg Wyshynski had it once, and he was like, "Ah, oh, look at it! You haven't been on that? Never. You haven't? Oh, you've never been on the uh, the really? That's no, stupid. but and but you look at the people who like barely scrape onto the list, and you're like, oh, all right, yeah, fair okay. Enough. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Steve Zagel. I think you should be on there. Uh, so anyway, congrats to Nathan McKinnon. A great, great deal for the Avalanche. If you're going to pay somebody that kind of money, Nathan McKinnon's the guy. Better be better be good. And people are, I'm serious. There are people online already arguing that this is not a hometown discount. I have somebody in my mentions asking why players like Nathan are screwing their teams over. I thought you were going <laughs> to say at least $14 million. It, and it And honestly, mm-hmm. it should be. According to uh, Dom Decision's got these models, and obviously they're imperfect, but... Um, his market value, according to Dom's model, is about sixteen and sixteen and change. I I believe his uh, McDavid's market value is about twenty million dollars. Yeah, yeah, he should and be Matthews paid like is, a basketball player. Is it Matthews eighteen nineteen or something like that? Not that that's something actually like possible that. under the current cap, but right. um, the caps it's ridiculous and how these salaries are being I minimized. Also, I think it's strange that under the cap they can also determine how much you can spend on any one player. Mm-hmm. That's strange to me, mm-hmm. but. Uh, uh, but that's the system we're under. Um, okay, when's the CBA expire? That is a really good question. I think they. I think the it was redone in the twenty twenty. I think for it was for COVID. five years. Is five, it five years? I. You know, it's, honestly, there's such a flurry of information that happened at that point that it was like we were all focused on what COVID restrictions the players would be under, rather than like what the actual CBA would be. The COVID extension was through the twenty twenty five twenty six season. There so the off season of twenty six is going to be terrible for this show because steve's gonna be upset all the time yeah cool can't wait all no, we're gonna talk about so wait, is collective bargaining <laughs> do, do you have the top cap hits up i do okay because i want to play this game because i think the answer is two um toronto raptors who are some of the best raptors name them <laughs> who, who are the best raptors i'm playing this game i don't care well, you've got Pascal Siakam, who's the highest got paid. Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Scotty Barnes. But he's a rookie. He's on rookie deals, right? Yeah, we'll see how much. We'll see what it is. Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's... Uh, Precious OG, Achua. OG Ananobi. OG. Yeah. Some really good players. <laughs> what are you doing? You're, but you you wouldn't put Chris Boucher in the top five. No, you wouldn't. Right. Okay, so but he's, he's good. He's a six. He's in the rotation. Yeah, he's in the yeah. rotation. Come like on. He's, he's yeah. been playing in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. He's currently on a three-year contract. And this isn't a slight of Chris Boucher. It's just he's not one of the team's stars. Mm-hmm. Dude makes his average salary, according to Sport Track, mm-hmm. 11.75. Oh, 
to be million. a to be a role player on the Raptors. To be a role player on the Raptors, <laughs> and he makes more money than all but two NHL players. I think. Uh, what did you say? Eleven? What? Eleven point seven five. Eleven seven five is more than everybody except for Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> well, you know what else is interesting? So, so how much? How much are the Leafs worth? If you uh, wanted to buy the Toronto Maple Leafs today, don't don't Google it. Just uh, guess. A guess. billion? A billion? A billion? Uh, two point three. Two point three. Okay, so it's a billion eight. Okay. Oh, okay. How much are the Raptors close. worth? The more, aren't they like? Uh, aren't they like? Uh, 2.5 But the Raptors are the most valuable sports franchise in Canada. Mm-hmm. Most valuable because, at MLSE. That's yeah, crazy. And, and, and it's interesting. If you watch um what? have you guys seen the documentary on Tim Donahue? No. About the, the Raptor was it. cheating. It's on it's Netflix. On Netflix. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I downloaded it for the flight, but I fell there's, asleep. There's a few like those um <laughs> the and one documentary, the Manti Teo documentary, and then the Tim Donnie. That's really one. good. I watched so Palace the Palace. Good. Yeah. So good. You should watch it. If you love sports, you'll love it. But the way they talk a little bit about the how the NBA markets, right? How they how they come to market with their and thing. And what they do is they have specific players that they are that are stars. And it's sort of like, that's who they market, that's who they market, that's who they market. The NHL doesn't market it that way. And it's clear that the NBA over 20 years is gaining and winning, right? And I think it's fascinating. You just mentioned this, the salary difference in, in what a bench player on the Raptors make versus the top players in the NHL. Yeah. I think it's fascinating that at Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, the Maple Leafs are not the most valuable piece. Yep. Isn't no. that nuts? I just think like it just it's it's crazy that in this country everybody's like oh hockey 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 it's they the Raptors are worth a full half billion more than the Leafs. It doesn't always feel like that within this city, but then you forget that there's two teams in a very unique position, uh, and that's the Raptors and the Blue Jays, yeah. who have the mantle of representing the entire nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I think the Blue that that may change. The Blue Jays are worth just shy of what the Leafs are one point seven eight billion. I, I'm frankly, I'm surprised it's under. Well, uh, I think you got the Canadian dollar working against you and stuff like that. Oh but. yeah! Holy shit! Do you ever? Yeah, yeah. taking out a hundred bucks in but Vegas also baseball for hundred and fifty. That hurt. Baseball's not doing as well. Uh, when they That's when they bought the Jays, though, it's crazy. The Jays worth like one hundred and fifty million bucks. So it was a good investment by Rogers. <laughs> They've they've made some money on that. Um, anyway, long story short, I think that uh, I think Nathan McKinnon's worth every penny of that, and probably four or five million more. Um, good for him. Good for the Avs. Good for Avs fans. That's fantastic. And only two years older than Nathan uh, than Connor McDavid. And the the Avs will be able to make a trade come trade deadline to replace whatever they might need at the center position. I also think can't JT Comfer and some of those those guys can step up, right? They can, they can, and they may Alec, not be Kadri, but yeah, Alex Newhook needs to take a step. They they have some really good young pieces. Justus Annanen in net is a really interesting one, um, and I think their back end is going to be a strength for a long time. Their bottom six, if I remember correctly, basically doesn't change from the Stanley Cup final, except I think they lost Jack Johnson. Okay, maybe, um, and Bowen Byram was 
only getting better. They're going to be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're still going to be great. Yeah. Let's not be worried about the Avs yeah. contending. Yeah, They're going to be a good team. I got plenty Why are they screwing the, their own team? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? You you go and win a cup and make money? <laughs> Fuck you, man. Um, yeah. uh, anyway. Arturi Lekkinen was an unreal pickup for them at the deadline. So true. Uh, this is something that came out yesterday. As I told you, we're going to try to come up with the news that was today and then yesterday and then maybe some of last week, although some of it may have to be held over. Um, it's Rick sucks. Westhead. This this I'm going to tell you, this sucks. Yeah. Um, and we're not going to spend too much time on it because really it will only take a couple of minutes yeah. uh, for it to sink in about how stupid this is. But I'm going to read it out to you. It's going to become apparent. And then Steve, Jesse, take it away. Uh, according to Rick Westhead, a market research firm working with Hockey Canada is asking parents and others to complete a survey addressing Hockey Canada's sexual abuse scandal. One question asks if respondents agree or disagree with the statement Quote, the level of criticism by the media towards Hockey Canada is overblown. Now, you can answer this in a strongly agree, somewhat agree, somewhat disagree, strongly disagree, don't know. So, uh, what do you want to say, man? Um, I can't wait till they're done. I really can't wait until they finally, mercifully shut the fuck up. Uh, hockey Canada is the worst. Why are they defiant? They're defiant. That's, I was, the word was on the tip of my tongue, Adam. They're defiant about how they're the worst. And here's the thing. And and I sort of realized this because with the, uh, Kyle Beach story, like that really became all consuming. Like we knew that story back to front and because there wasn't room for error, Mm -hmm. frankly, when, when talking about it. And in talking to people who are hockey fans, but they're not like as entrenched. And it was also sort of a summer story when it broke. Um, All they hear all the time on every broadcast is Hockey Canada, Hockey Canada. And they hear, oh, this politician is talking about it. And then it goes all the way up to the prime minister. And they're like, what what is the prime minister talking about this for? More than once. Goodness gracious. And it's on the regular news, not just the sports news. I can see how someone who doesn't really fully understand the story, I could see how someone wouldn't think or would think, sorry, that the story is overblown. Um, but that's why I tweeted yesterday that the only possible way to think the story is overblown is if you know little to nothing about it. This isn't overblown at all. And I was waiting for, I was waiting to pick my spot because, uh, I, listen, I want to have fun shows. I want the show to be nothing but fun. I would love for something like this to never happen again, so we don't have to talk about it. Um, we've talked about having light content, you know, especially heading into the season. Hopeful, exciting time. Hopeful, yeah. exciting. It's going to be really newsy. I talked about how I was at NHL Media Day and I had a great time, and I would love to just sit here and talk about nothing but how shining and amazing that experience is. But then Hockey Canada comes in again. And... The, the question I wanted to ask or the, the point I wanted to make is uh, we've taken our foot off the gas here. Uh, we've forgotten with NHL training camp set to open t- tomorrow, mm-hmm. I guess, um, that the story that started this all is there are seven or eight players accused of sexual assault who are very likely on NHL deals and very likely playing in the NHL. If not all of them, then the majority of them. Um, and that is hanging over this, uh, the beginning of the season 
and there isn't a resolution and we don't know who the players are. You don't know if uh, like, are, did you buy the Jersey for someone who's been accused of sexual assault? You don't know. You have no idea. I wonder when the Jake Vertanen jerseys go on sale. Um, but, but you have no idea. And people have forgotten because it's been layer upon layer upon layer of shit for hockey Canada that the 2003 world junior team is also under police investigation. The Halifax police have reported they have two names associated with they've seen the video. Mm -hmm. There is a video. There's a video, not an alleged video. There's an honest to goodness actual video of a sexual assault uh, purportedly by members of the 2003 Canadian World Junior Team. And we're all just supposed to be like, so what are you wearing? You know, yeah. oh, so are you in the best shape of your life I, again? I, I got to tell like, you, I got to tell you, the one thing I'll disagree with you on, because I sure. agree with you on all this. Sure. Is I don't think that we, the fans, haven't done our part. No, no, I'm the collective. Okay, because I would say that the outrage that we saw in the spring and into the early summer was uh, was just about what you would hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I agree it's, with that. It's okay. The N yes, the NHL has a, an issue here, but they are they're bound by process, right? There's only so much the NHL can do yeah. when they. I don't know if the NHL has the names, and the NHL certainly isn't going to tell you they have the names. Do I have the faith that the NHL is going to act right unless they're forced to? Absolutely not. I'm with you on that. But what I want to say is, I need our MPs, our elected officials, mm -hmm. who fund mm -hmm. and created this organization in the first place to to get on this now like i understand the queen died but can we get on this please like Fuck. what I, i'm i'm and i understand that you need your summer break but there are children who were assaulted mm -hmm. i need our governments to step up it's a government agency it's government funded do something now yeah okay i know you need your summer vacation i know all that but we need to do this now and it needs to get out of the way. And and what I, the other question I have on this, guys? Okay, so they're working with a marketing firm. I don't. Why? Number one. Number two. Whenever a marketing firm puts out research like that, there's usually and, and Jesse and I remember this from the radio side. They used to put out these kind of questionnaires about our morning show. Like, do you like them? Do you not like them? Are they too mature? Are they too immature? We got really high immaturity scores. Um, and, <laughs> Good. Uh, and we still are. Um, and and and. The, the, the question I always ask is, what are you going to do with this information? So you're asking this question, mm -hmm. okay? Is it overblown? Is the media coverage, the media, overblowing media. this, okay? And the way that they position it is very, and I hate to say this, very Trumpian, right? It's like, it's like ah, oh, the media is after Hockey Canada. That's the real enemy. I would just say bad faith. And so, so then, okay, so then this market research company gets it. Whether people answer, yes, it's overblown or no, it's not overblown. What changes about what caused all this? Right. Is this, because is, is, is this marketing firm going to then dictate how the executive of Hockey Canada attacks this in the yeah. press? Are, because they are being defiant. The question should be, aren't you sick of this even though you know nothing about it? And I could, I could see it. Like, I just don't get what you do with that information, no matter yeah. what the answer is. Right. Well, what, like, is it, what does that further? How does that help us get to, we need to reform this organization? Whether, whether you think it's overblown or not doesn't change what is or isn't. That's what I'm, you're right. You said that perfectly. 
it doesn't change what is or isn't. Um, and like it, one of them is on video. Like, what else do you want? What else do you want? That you're telling me that's not a national scandal. Oh, it is. It's absolutely oh, a but it's an overblown scandal. national scandal that, that they have a rainy day fund for just such an occasion that yeah. a, an entire team or half just, a team or whatever gets accused of assault. It, it shocks me that this organization hasn't been taken away from the people who are running it and have been running it for the last several years and decades and that continue to run it through the scandal. Like how are, are all the people who are above Hockey Canada okay with everything that's been going on and seeing it not be like, okay, let's just fire them. Let's bring in a new regime because this clearly is not working. I think Hockey Canada is potentially taking advantage of the fact that this is not necessarily a priority for the government. Um, I mean, they did have hearings for it, which is far more than I think a lot Let's of people. Let's be honest. They got lucky with the timing. The it's summer. Yeah. And people needed a break from hockey in the summer. Yeah. And they keep, they keep going, hey, did you forget yet? Did you forget yet? And I'm here to tell you, fuck all that. The answer is no. And they're not going to forget as long as I'm here, bud. Mm-hmm. So, and in between our last <laughs> two it. episodes, uh, Rick West said to report that they are investigating a third incident. So uh, Rick West said, wrote, Hockey Canada confirmed to me, in addition to alleged incidents in 2003 and 2018, it has hired two Ottawa area lawyers, Aaron Durant and Brian Ward, to weigh merits of a third sexual assault allegation. And they that shouldn't surprise you because in the hearings, they said this happens at least once or twice a year. Yeah. And it's going to get it's going to get buried. It's going to get buried. There's so much. There's an unbelievable amount of noise right now. And that's unavoidable. But I think this needs to be included in basically every piece of hockey coverage until there's a resolution, which there isn't yet. And part of what brought this to the forefront um, is the Oilers inviting Jake Furtan into camp. Yeah. So we can talk. Let's talk about that. Cause, cause you know, Connor uh, McDavid's uh, 2015 world junior teammate. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Like a lot of, uh, you know, m- maybe it's Ken Holland, just like, Oh, this kid was picked sixth overall. You know, strong as an ox, big body frame. A lot of people point out Bob Nicholson, who's like the head of the Oilers. I don't know if Bob Nicholson is going to be like, yeah, we need a fourth liner on a PTO, please. Like, I, I don't know if that's exactly his priority, but. Well, and don't forget Bob Nicholson. This is the thing, right? The, the problem with, with what hockey has been so far, it's like, I don't care what happens off the ice. I just care about what's on the ice. I care about winning. Yeah. And, it, and unfortunately, when you're in a team environment, these guys, then, then they go and they turn around and they go, well, that guy had bad character. We had to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And so so it's, it's sort of the Oilers have a, an interesting PR thing happening here. Yeah. Uh, and by interesting, I mean, not pleasant because you already have Evander Kane with the allegations that he's had leveled at him. Yeah. And I say allegations because they're not proven in court, but there's some pretty detailed accounts of what happened there. And then uh, you've got Jake Furtanen, who a jury did not find innocent. They just found it insufficient evidence to prove that he's guilty. And see, people are going to roll there's, their eyes at that, but there is an extraordinary difference between the two. We don't we in, in Canada. It's not I think in the States it's proven innocent in, in Canada. It's not not proven innocent. It's not it's proven not guilty. That's a big, di- there's a big difference. Yeah, it, and there's still a civil lawsuit that is pending against Jake Rutanen. He needs to face that in court. And, and are the Oilers that hard up for fringe NHL guys? It's like, listen. They didn't need for, to do with, with Evander Kane, it's like, okay, so here's a guy with, gener- like not generational talent, but like top of his 
top of the line talent. It sure seemed generational in the playoffs. Sure did. Okay, so let's say generational talent. Here's yeah. a guy with insane talent, and he's got uh, a really, really uh, bad uh, set of allegations set. And and so the team goes, you know what? Yeah, we're gonna have to suck that up uh, because I want 13 goals in 13 games from a forward in the playoffs, and that's what they got. Yeah, we're okay? we're trying to win, right. and uh, they got all the way to the what third does round. Jake Vertanen give you? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Like, like the, he couldn't even make the Canucks, who were not a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many guys who I think can give you more than Jake Vertanen. Sonny Milano in Calgary, who signed a PTO. Yeah, there's an interesting one. Yeah, I oh don't. my God, Sonny Milano in a PTO. So I just, it, it just, I don't, like, what is this? Yeah, with, with the on-ice stuff, it didn't make sense for Jake Vertanen. And so, and then you add the off-ice stuff, stuff to it. So why would you ever take a chance on this guy? Yeah, like if I if he wasn't Jake Vertanen, I'd be like, well, you know, he didn't do very well in the KHL last year or in the NHL previously, but he's got that six overall pick pedigree, and you think, oh, maybe it works. But with everything surrounding yeah. it, like you're not winning over hearts and minds of Oilers fans here. Mm-hmm. There, uh, it was a no-win situation, and they decided to do it. I don't. And with the Evander Kane uh, conversation, they ended up settling. Uh, the thing I've been hoping for in my mind uh, to happen, where the they went to arbitration about his Sharks contract, and then the arbitrator ruled that he would be a San Jose Shark, and it then they had, had to, to fight get traded, <laughs> and then they had to fight for his rights or something like that. That none of that came to fruition, of and they not. settled outside of the arbitration before it even got there because the arbitrator was on vacation all summer. Uh, and then the Sharks made him whole with the contract. So he is officially an Edmonton Oiler. Yeah, Just update they had that to situation. pay the difference or yeah. whatever it was. They pay the difference of the money. When did they, they pay the difference of his current contract or did they just pay out the old one? Uh, the difference of uh, the one that was signed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because Oilers are paying him X amount. He was being paid. X so it's amount. like what they do right. with coaches, right? The coaches, if a, if a coach is making four million, he gets fired, and his next job he's making two, sort and he's still of. under contract. The other team that fired him is still under yeah. contract. Kind of. Is that how it works? Yeah. They just they just made I up that story. They just made that. up the old contract. Yep. Oh wow. Yeah. So I know we're slowly drifting away from it, but, but there yes. <laughs> are there's so many, uh, so many stories to follow with the NHL right now. And with Hockey Canada, and a lot of them are negative. And I would say, uh, I I don't think you can have a, an opinion on the coverage of Hockey Canada unless you've actually consumed it. Like, oh yeah, you saw a two minute newscast about no 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 no, no. you got to read about this thing. Yes, but and listen, I can understand if you got a couple of kids and you're busy and life's hectic that you haven't caught up on every news story. Me too. And I can understand having an ill-informed opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, Steve, you were correct when you said it the first time. <laughs> Anybody that thinks the coverage is overblown hasn't paid it close enough attention to the story. And to expect that every person in the entire world is going to be able to catch this, it's just not, it's not a reasonable thing. What I, I'm just genuinely concerned about the defiant nature of Hockey Canada right now. They should be kowtowing, they should be apologizing, they should be handing everything over, and what they're doing is going, we're not resigning, we're not changing, okay, but we'll work with some people, and we'll nego- we'll, we'll look at some things, but, we're, you know, see, we're making changes, guys, we're making changes. I don't, I don't believe it, and that's where my problem comes from. I don't expect the average person to know everything about every story. I don't. You can't. No, I don't. I totally agree, but whether... 
whether you know about the story or not, whether you think it's overblown or not, does not affect what is or isn't. Right, which is it brings me back, what's the point of the question in the first place? Um, so we'll move on from that. It's a tough one to move on from, but I don't know where else we oh, go from this. Can, can I tell you the point? Yeah. If enough people say it's overblown, Hockey Canada gets to go to sponsors and go, see, they don't care. <laughs> there it is. That's right. true. It's a financial question. Um, okay, so I'm going to save some other stuff for uh, our next show. Some good news. I, I shouted her out earlier in the show, but Rachel Dory is now a part of Bruce Boudreaux's coaching staff. Woo! That's so direct part cool. of that's pretty yeah, neat. That's awesome. So good for her. Um, uh, really happy for her. Um, I, uh, I, I wondered if you'd saw that Sean Couturier could be done for the year. Oh, man. Philly, just salt in the wound. And like, there's a another career potentially getting cut short. Who was he's such an unbelievable player. He's a really, really good player. There was Nolan Patrick as well. Yeah. There's another really, really. He was second overall pick. People are talking about him like he's a bust. Like, no man, his body is failing him uh, because he's he's sustained so many injuries, and the back is such a tough one. Oh, Sorry, yeah. that's not. Patrick, that's Couturier. Right. Yeah. This made me. This made me think of you because sometimes I come up. I'll be like, okay, the defense of the Flyers is that everybody was injured last year, and then you're always like, but you have a bunch of guys who are frequently injured. Like yeah. Sean Couturier last year was a reason they weren't as, as successful because he only played 29 games. He was yeah. injured for most of it. But that's that's what you you're getting into when you sign these players. I I feel horribly for Sean Couturier personally. Um, but the Flyers team, uh, guys, th- he's frequently injured. Mm-hmm. And so was Ryan Ellis. Mm-hmm. Now, Couturier is a little different. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a young, perennial, selkie conversation guy who they locked up and then continued to run into injury problems. Ryan Ellis is a different situation from him because they acquired a guy who was often injured and then he was injured again and they're like, Oh, well, if only, if only he played, (laughs) if only he played. And it's like, that was always the risk, man. That was always the risk to a much, much, much lower stakes extent. Like when the Leafs got Andre Kasha, right? It's okay. We know he's not playing 82 games. Yes. It's simply not. If he plays in half the games, great. He'll be good. Um, Tortorella, remember we, we mentioned last week, said there's some problems in the dressing room. You would have thought Couturier would be one of the guys that would be part of the new leadership group. Difficult to do that. And we saw that in the Amazon documentary when you're not playing. Well, yeah. I think I think nights against the Flyers are going to be long. Yeah, yeah. They're sorry, nights be... against the Flyers? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, <laughs> there's another thing from 32 Thoughts. So this team is not going to beat you on skill. <laughs> They're like, gonna beat you. Not even close. Yeah, they are going to physically beat you. Um, they're gonna. <laughs> they get got down. the size to do that. They got the size to do that. Uh, I think they're gonna lead the league in cross-checking penalties in front of the net. They're gonna go with the they can't call them all strategy because <laughs> they won't. Because they all. they can, but they won't. And uh, it is gonna be a very 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 long night every time you play the flyers whether you escape with two points or not matt barzal talked at uh, the nhl thing that you were at uh to greg wasinski and one of the things Ooh. he said and i love this yeah, i know i love wish um one of the things he said was that he'd like to see hockey move to only two refs 
So one linesman, one referee, which is what it used to be. And his contention is, and I think he's right on this one, there's too many people on the ice. He said they are constantly in the way. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I mean, listen, the one thing that I, the, the, the two ref thing has always been weird to me because you have two different people calling the game differently. Steve and I could say, okay, we're going to call the game tight tonight. Tight to Steve is going to be different than me, right? And so Steve might make a call that I would have been like, ah, that's tight, but not tight enough. Yeah. Or, or Steve could say, I'm too tight and he's too loose. You know, that, that, that has always been strange. And then, and then to have two linesmen, I mean, do we need to know if it's offside that badly? We do have instant replay. I, I just, I feel like he might be onto something here. Do we not have the technology now where we can theory. remove some bodies? So here's, here's all I'm picturing. If you've ever seen the 1976 film Network, you have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale, where he walks into that scary dark room. Here's what I'm picturing. Matt Barzell is standing outside of it. Barry Trotz opens the door and he goes, sit down. And at the end of a 20 kilometer table, is Lou Lamorello draped in darkness and smoke. And he goes, so you went to NHL, the NHL player tour, Matt. Yeah. How was it? I was, it was, it was fine. I played, played a little slots. Did you win? You, n- not really. No, I broke even. Ah, that's nice. So you spoke to the media. There's your first mistake. Second, Matt, what's the strategy? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean, sir. Well, we got to manage, manage the refs at every turn. We got to manage the linesmen. We got to manage the officials when it comes to penalty. And you decided to say into a microphone that there should be less of them. And you think that's going to win hearts and minds, Matt. Oh, boy. He might be the highest paid player at Bridgeport by the end of this. <laughs> oh, boy, Matthew. I don't know about that one, I'm going to tell you why this doesn't make sense. The referees are very good at their jobs. Uh, there's only one referee in the zone, in whichever zone they're uh, managing. But one of them's time. high in calling penalties. No, but, one, but they're not in the way of the play. So if the guy isn't where the, the, where the zone would be, where the puck is. So if you take away... Um, a ref off the ice there's still the same amount of ref where the play is i think he was because the other ref isn't where the play is. i think by ref he's meaning linesman like because the linesmen are always along the boards and they're the ones that get in the way i I get yelled at for this all the time in my videos especially on my sportsnet ones if you're wearing a black and white jersey uh you're the ref that's yeah. what I yeah. say. I don't bother with linesmen I'm not, or... I'm not specifying the refs official, linesmen here. Official or ref. They're, they're very good at separating themselves from the puck and the play, and one's standing behind, one's in the play. So the, the linesmen will be at the same location, just one of them, but then the other one's behind it. So And then the, uh, the calls thing, the, the more eyes, you get it more right. Uh, the greatest example of what Barzal is talking about is YouTube. Tyler Sagan yells at ref. <laughs> what does he say? Because Sagan is digging for the puck in the corner yeah. and he's trying to elude a defenseman and he just goes, there you are. There you are again. And the refs like <laughs> yells something inaudible at him. Basically like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> there you are again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't think they went over. I don't think Tyler won hearts and minds. No, probably not. No. I'm, I'm sorry, Barzal, but this has never happened. By the way, <laughs> it did happen. It used to be that way. Yeah. And they instituted the second ref. And even pro referee guy Ron McLean mm-hmm. was against it. 
For what reason? Because it, it clutters play. It gets it, and you get too many minds managing the game, too many cooks in the kitchen, which was a problem when they first started. And I think they've sort of figured that out now. I do think, like, honestly, um, it's a lot of people. Man. It is a lot of people. Like you have an almost another full line of people out there, other than the p- players that are playing. Yeah, like, I, lo- I love the basketball is diamond. a fast game too. One, what are they? One guy? No, they got a couple of people. I think it's three on on the court. Of the okay, line. so what if, what if it was three? What if it was two linesmen and one ref? And what if you have? Yeah, and you've seen this before. You've seen the ref make the call from center. That's torpering. Yeah. When the guy in front of him, who is five feet away, is not making that. You call. know what basketball officials can do? Step out of bounds. <laughs> yeah. You can't, yeah, can't do that too. on an ice service unless you do that little hoppy up on the bench, but you're still. Wouldn't it be funny if basketball officials couldn't make a call if they were forced to step out of bounds? Oh, no, you're not <laughs> eligible. Ah, I can do whatever oh, I want. Toe, that's a toe. That's a toe. Elbow. Elbow to the neck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, just so you know, uh, Nathan McKinnon, 49 million of the ne- of his uh, of his contract will be paid out in the next Today. Three, in the next three seasons. Oh, uh, 15 million dollar signing bo- bonus today. 15 million uh, next season. Or I, I guess if we're getting specific, 15.725 million uh, next uh, July 1st, I guess. Or sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me your, start that your, whole segment again because Adam got married. He still makes 5.9 million this year. Yeah. So his signing bonus, July 1st, 2023, is 15.725. Then 2024, 15.725. And then 25. Uh, fifteen point two five million, and then he actually has some non-bonus years, or one non-bonus year, and then a bunch of bonuses. I'm, I'm glad people know that now. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, it, I think that was great. You know what? <laughs> so people can just be like, <laughs> you know what? I think that was great. You know what? <laughs> no, thank you. Listen, all I want to say is that uh, he's avoiding um any sort of lockout most of the uh, time. Oh boy, we're the, gonna start seeing a lot of this, eh? Other than one year, he is going to make max nine hundred ninety thousand dollars a year. Matthew's like first year on his new Jesse. deal is going to be like twenty million. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Matthews is going to get thirteen or fourteen next summer when From they resign the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, defo, definitely. <laughs> By the way, putting my bet down right now, Leafs. Leafs? It'll be Leafs. What? Yeah, that like Matthews will resign with the team. Of course he will. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. Want people, again, Brian Burke got into people's heads, and it's never left. It's one of the best earworms I've ever seen. He's better than Mambo Number no. Five, Brian Burke. Good He's, for him. Ron yeah. Hextall's boss. There you go, Ron Hextall, who was on Agent Provocateur with Alan Walsh last week. Check oh. that out, you silly geese. Uh, my favorite story from that, by the way, uh, was that uh, Ron Hextall, when he won the cup with LA uh, as a manager, um, brought the cup to his cottage in Manitoba. And then a whole bunch of people saw it and were like, hey, it's the cop. And then a bunch of people showed up at his house and he had to leave. <laughs> oh, my God. What? You <laughs> to like run away. Yeah, you got to hear the story. It's great. That's okay. It's very funny. Very, very cool. funny. It's very Canada. It's like, that's the cop. Call mm-hmm. everyone you know. Uh, <laughs> so, I kind of love that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's the best. Um, and you know what? There's some stuff I want to talk about, obviously, with, with Blake Wheeler and the Jets. But I think we'll oh save that God. for Friday. Yeah. Uh, so we will talk about that. And there's probably going to be some other things between now and then as well. Um, did the Wheeler stuff happen after our last recording? It did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, and we need to go back to three days a week. <laughs> I know. I know. We're doing it. Dom yeah. Decision also yeah. called the Coyotes the worst collection of talent his model has ever seen. They're still so going to overachieve. I know. But we'll see that on Friday. He said that they're going to under underachieve the worst, um, the worst team he's ever seen by 10 points. 
That's he's been projected for sixty two points. It just never works that way. Yeah, it just never works that and way. And watch what I do with that team in NHL twenty. Is that what you're gonna? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Throw that model out the window. The turnaround comes out. We should get. You know, what we should do. We should reach out to Craig Morgan. Okay, and we should have him come on and like report on your team. <laughs> on the turnaround of the Arizona Coyotes. Don't make real humans report on my video Craig, games. What, what's Craig doing? <laughs> Come on, Craig. Hey, Craig. So, uh, what are you doing? Bu- busy working? Oh, is it a busy guy, week? Shut up. This guy, Jesse, sits in front <laughs> of a webcam up. and plays video games. Can you tell me what you think? Uh, <laughs> one of the most trusted names in the NHL. Sure, yeah. Come on our video game stream. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's not insulting. <laughs> no, it's not. Just, no. I'm just having fun, man. I traded eight draft picks the first day for Austin Matthews. Yeah. What do you think, Craig Morgan? You should you should get Austin Matthews. He's got to be the first yeah, thing. That's do. the plan. All right. <laughs> All right. Good luck. So listen, we won't do a press conference today. We'll save it for next time. But uh, until then, we love you and we hope that you are well. And Rangers. we will see you Friday. Ranger Stars trade. Oh yeah, Nils yeah. Lundqvist. Jeez, first round pick going the other way. Wow, that's crazy. We need to. Yeah, well, yeah. Here, let's do a quick segment on that. Um, boy, that's a lot. Yeah. Agreed. Flip it. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.